my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, it's so good uh, to be able to share with you uh, once again. This week, uh, we're looking at the theme, money, wealth and the church. Now, that is a theme and a half. If ever there's a subject uh, that every person in this country uh, cares about, it's money and wealth and particularly when it's connected uh, to the church. Yesterday, Pastor Joseph Matichich and uh, Pastor Will Moala uh, looked at the subject, what did Christ say about money and wealth? And we looked uh, at the apparent uh, differences in the uh, statements that he made uh, to the church in his day. Uh, today, we're asking, could ancient financial principles Help us and help our economy uh, today. Now that is a that is a significant question. If ever there's a time when our economy is uh, in a spiral, it's right now. It's up. It's down. It's all over the place. Wealth is being made and uh, wealth is being lost. Uh, we want to know uh, ancient financial principles. Can they help us today? Now today. Our co-host is actually live from Perth in Western Australia, and that's lovely uh, to have a Western Australia, uh, Western Australian on board with us. And that, of course, is Pastor Don Felberg. Uh, now, welcome to you, Don. I had better turn your microphone up, and that's what the trouble is when I'm sitting here uh, fiddling with the uh, with the microphones. I turned them down uh, and uh, and omitted to uh, to turn them turn them up again. Um, how are you going? Yes, well, thank you, Pastor Gary, and uh, nice to be with you and the listeners again today. Tell me, do you do you regard yourself as a West Australian now? I mean, you know, you've moved over all uh, uh, all over the country during your ministry, so. Are you a Western Australian? Well, we're very much at home here in the West. We first came here in 1987, and uh, we've been um, we've been we've spent many years here. Not all of that time since then, but uh, certainly we feel very much at home here. So, Don, tell me, where have you ministered? Oh, uh, started off in. Uh, South New South Wales area, Wagga Wagga area, and Goulburn, and so on. Wow! And uh, then then moved to uh, Western Australia, Tasmania, South Australia, Northern Territory. Goodness me, you have been all over the place. But I think originally, I think you're a, you're a Taswegian, aren't you, uh, by birth? That's right. Yes, I come from there. Yeah, yeah, and we do say a big hello to all our good mates down in Tasmania. That's a beautiful part of our country, and uh, I love uh, being able to visit down there. I know I had the privilege of living down there myself. In fact, I actually started my ministry. I was actually uh, appointed to uh, to share in a literature ministry, and uh, I was functioning out of Tasmania for about the three months, and uh, loved it uh, down uh, down in that part of the part of the world. Uh, really, well, you got a little you got a little taste of the good country. 
country then. I certainly did. I certainly did. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I loved it down there then. I love visiting and down there now. I'm a, I'm a Sydney sider myself by, uh, uh, by birth. But like you, I've moved around all over the place, three different places up in uh, Queensland, uh, a number of different places in New South Wales, uh, uh, certainly over in, uh, in New Zealand for a number of years. And then, of course, uh, right down uh, here for, well, I've been here in South Australia now, like yourself, uh, settled down here. I'm probably a South Australian now uh, after yeah. 20 years in uh, in South Australia but a lovely uh, place to live a lovely place to have your have your family and uh, uh, certainly all our families now are part of I think, the- I, I think Pastor Gary you can be content wherever you are we've we've been sent to some places that you wouldn't perhaps choose to go but we've really loved it there and the Lord has blessed yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, isn't it? You know, when you, uh, God calls and directs his people. And, uh, to me, that's one of the beautiful things about, about ministry is having the opportunity to minister to so many different people in so many different, uh, different locations. Uh, now, of course, um, uh, of course, in addition to, um, um, to, to Pastor Don Felberg, um, early this afternoon, I was able to, uh, chat to a good mate of mine. And that uh, was Pastor uh, Mark Wilson. He uh, he is passionate uh, about his particular ministry, and I was able to uh, share with him. Uh, please enjoy my discussion uh, with him. I also have with me today uh, Pastor Mark Wilson. Now, uh, Mark is an evangelist here in South Australia. Uh, welcome to you, Mark. Hello, Gary. Nice to be with you again today. Oh, look, look, it is fantastic to have you on uh, on board. Um, tell me, you're living up in the Adelaide Hills. Is it cold up there at the moment? Oh, well, it's not too bad. We've got a clear sky. It's a bit chilly, but uh, it's a nice place to be in the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, I was I was out in this morning at about uh, six and seven doing my uh, doing my walk, and the clear uh, sky was just so good. I watched the sun get up again, and uh, I I have to admit, uh, Adelaide is a brilliant place uh, to uh, to be at uh, at this time of the year. Now, now look, Mark, just uh, well, let's come to uh, the reason for our interview. Now, look, uh, you're an evangelist uh, here in South Australia. Uh, now, look. How do you do evangelism in the era of COVID? Well, you don't. <laughs> well, uh, well, I guess Gary, the last couple of years we've you know been terrible lockdowns. We we haven't been able to do any public venues and this sort of thing. So it's been online. You know, we've um, presented a seminar called Secrets of Prophecy and mm-hmm. get on Zoom with with folk around the place. Uh, had a whole crowd from Singapore, about a couple of hundred, I think, uh, that a church member arranged and. Um, we did a little series there. So that's the kind of thing you have to do, online things and uh, digital media. Isn't it fantastic, though, to be able to be back live uh, talking to uh, real people uh, in real auditoriums? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been, I've been put off for two years, and uh, finally now we can start, and we're about to start uh, the first series since COVID. Okay, uh, look... Victor. Mark, tell us about this series because I, I picked up the other day a little bit of uh, advertising. Now, I understand in the very near future you're going to be starting a series entitled Amazing Discoveries. And now, what is Amazing Discoveries? Well, as the name in, in, implies, it, it's, we want to share with the folks some of the incredible discoveries that have been made that um, 
substantiate the historicity of the Bible story. Um, a lot of people don't know just how much archaeology has been done over the decades, and even in recent years, um, that have verified numerous details um, concerning the Bible. So we're going to present some of this stuff. It's uh, it's a subject like apologetics that you're interested in, Gary, to to, to um, present material that uh, um, shows the historicity of the Bible, that it can be trusted. But more than that, that the prophetic material of the Bible can also be trusted this... because the Bible speaks about a lot of these locations and, and what their future would be. I, I know many times in the past I've actually had the real privilege to certainly sit and listen to some of uh, these subjects, and I have to admit uh, they never weary me. They always impress me because there are new discoveries coming out continually. I know that when I first heard, in fact, I think one of the uh, very first evangelists I heard uh, was a man, um, Pastor John Carter, and I well remember sitting in the Sydney Opera House where he actually presented a very similar uh, series. Uh, but the thing that really jumps out at me, at some of the evidence that he presented then was certainly good, and certainly you'll be sharing with us, uh, but since then, there's been bigger and better discoveries than what even he was able to present 40 years ago. Yeah, lots more discoveries. that, that They come to light all the time. It's very hard to keep up with it sometimes. But, um, yes, we're certainly going to be presenting the uh, some of the major ones that have happened in the past in the great era of archaeological discovery. Um, but, you know, where we can, some of, the, some of the newer stuff. I mean, one of the new ones, um, Gary, when we talk about Israel, it was the discovery of um, uh, uh, of a rock um, or a, or a stele, if you like, that had inscription on it that was in a wall at Tel Dan in northern Israel, and this is the famous David mm-hmm. uh, inscription. I think it was found in nineteen ninety three, and uh, here before the scoffers were saying that you know David was simply a cow herder and you know wasn't really a king of a centralized government and then they found this this um this stone with an inscription talking about the house of david um so again um archaeology verifies not only the existence the existence of king david but the house of david that he was a king over a house or or a or a um, an empire kingdom uh, that, and that is actually so important uh, when we're actually presenting uh, the, the scriptures because I'm conscious that the historicity or the history of the Bible, uh, when it can be verified uh, scientifically, and that's what archaeology actually is, uh, when it can be verified, uh, even uh, people who uh, might otherwise reject the findings of the Bible are forced to think again. Oh, it, look, indeed. I mean, I, I think the last time I checked, 53 uh, people have been verified in archaeological uh, discovery that are mentioned in the Bible. You know, we've got Pontius Pilate, for example, in the New Testament and so forth. But you've got kings and uh, scribes and individuals um, uh, that have been dug up in the archaeological you know, record. And that's exactly what you'd expect, isn't it, uh, uh, Mark? If, in fact, the Bible is an authentic book, you would expect to be able to find some evidence out there somewhere for the things which are spoken about. Yeah, and, and the trouble is that there's truckloads of it. it, it the trouble when, when you present this sort of series, Gary, is what do you present? Because there's so much. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I said, look, you don't even have to be a believer to accept this because a fact is a fact. Here it is in the museum, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Not only the historicity, but the prophetic material. I mean, archaeology has unearthed the, you know, the, the, the old city of Babylon, mm-hmm. the Euphrates River. Nebuchadnezzar has come to life through archaeology. And of course, that marries in with the stories of Daniel and the tremendous dream that the king had that foretold world history for two and a half thousand years. Yeah. So uh, you have a, you have a um, uh, historical base to some of this prophetic material, and it's it's very powerful to present. And it never, I never cease to be amazed by by this, and I'm I'm encouraged myself as I present it. Okay, look, look. Tell us, Mark. Then, what are the subjects that you're actually speaking on? You know, the first three or four subjects. What what are they? Well, we open with Egypt. Egypt is still fascinating to many people around the world. That uh, that it still has an attraction, and so we will go to Egypt. We will look at the you know some of the great sites of Egypt, the great pyramids. You know, the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb, and but also we're going to look at some of the prophetic material of what the biblical record said about Egypt and um, its future and what would happen. And there are some incredible prophecies uh, in yeah. the Bible about Egypt. So we're going to present some of that to um, whet the appetite of those who attend. Then we're going to go to Petra. I always like the second program to be better than the first, and I love Petra in the country of Jordan, the discovery of that um, great uh, Edomite stronghold, later the Nabataeans who carved all of the temples that are the rose-red cliff faces and so forth. You know, it's one, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient, um, ancient world. And it's a, it's a marvelous place, um, Petra. Millions yeah. go and visit. It is a tremendous place, Petra. Yeah. So I, I remember visiting there myself, actually. And, uh, uh, certainly when I was there, uh, I was absolutely amazed. The, the entryway is something to behold as you walk through that, uh, uh incredibly narrow, uh, little, yeah. uh, little gorge, you know. Oh. Um, you know, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they put a scene going through that seek into Petra. Yeah. 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 No, look, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, tell me something. How did you get involved in this, uh, in this amazing ministry? I mean, this would have to be one of the most uh, beautiful ministries a person could possibly be involved in. <laughs> well, I attended. Uh, series like this in Sydney in the, my early days when I was in the, my late 20s, I guess. I sat under the feet of um, men like George Burnside, um, who preached uh, very powerfully in Australia and um, uh, internationally to thousands of people around the country. And then Jeff Yildon, mm-hmm. uh, who did meetings like this. And then I've heard you know others who have done it as well. And of course, that inspired me. And so when I began to study, I um, wanted to make sure that I can present, you know, programs like this to the public because they're so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really makes an impact on people who who get hooked and they come along night after night and um, their eyes are open. Yeah, yeah. Look, Mark, thank you so much for that. Now, look, just one last question. Um, you are preaching. This is occurring down in Victor Harbour, I understand. Yes, uh, Victor Harbour. We start on Saturday afternoon, um, on May 21, Election Day. <laughs> election, that's a nice, easy way to remember it, isn't it, you know, on Election Day? We start on Election Day, so people can go and do their election in the morning and, and come in the afternoon. We're running it at the Victor Harbour Recreation Centre. Um, 
at 5 George Main Road, Victor Harbour, which is, you know, just about an hour south of um, Adelaide on the south coast there. And uh, we're looking forward to those presentations. We run on a Saturday and Sunday to begin with in the afternoon at 3.30pm. And during the week, we have a Tuesday and a Friday night at the Victor Harbour Recreation Centre. We're looking forward to it. Okay, so go through all those details again. It's occurring at the Victor Harbour Recreation Centre. Is that correct? Yes. The uh, the In Man Room of the Victor Harbour Recreation Centre, 5 George Main Road, Victor Harbour. And we start on Saturday afternoon at 3.30pm uh, there at the uh, at the college. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for all that you've actually shared with us. Uh, that was uh, that was truly inspiring, and I really hope uh, that uh, that many of our listeners uh, take the time to go and listen to you. I would recommend uh, your your programs to anyone. I love your preaching. I love the way that you share. I love the uh, the confidence and your understanding of the word. And uh, Mark, uh, Mark, thank you so much again for for being with us. Uh, may the Lord richly bless you as you continue to prepare and uh, uh, I really pray that uh, this program will really make a, a positive impact uh, in the Victor Harbour region. Thanks, Gary. Nice talking to you. Really appreciate uh, Pastor uh, Mark Wilson uh, sharing with us just a little bit earlier this afternoon. Uh, right now, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, this is Randy Travis. The, uh, uh, the song is Above All. Uh, please be blessed. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nations, and all creative things, above all wisdom, and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began, above all kingdoms. Above all thrones, above all wonders this world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind. Stone, you live to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all, above all. Above all kings, above all nations, and all creative things, above all wisdom, and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones. Above all wonders, 
this world has ever known Above all wealth and treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what you're worth Crucified, lay behind the stone You live to die And alone like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above all Crucified Laid behind the stone You live to die And alone like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above all Like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me above all. Well, it's a song that's been around for a very, very long time, but uh, it's a real beauty. That was uh, Randy Travis, and the song was above all. Uh, thank you so much, Randy, for that. That was uh, that was a real. Uh, real beautiful uh, rendition. Uh, now, uh, now, guys, we do have a giveaway uh, today. Now, of course, uh, today we're following the theme money, wealth, and the church. Now, this is a uh, incredibly um, an incredible subject which so many people are passionate about. Um, if you uh, bring money and wealth, it's certain to certain to certainly uh, possible to for that to make the the media. Uh, if there is some discussion in that uh, that area. Our giveaway today is the book, The Giving Equation. Now, this is by Dr. Ken Long, uh, working out your relationship with God and money. Um, it's logical that if I give a certain amount of money, I have less money left to live on. That's right, isn't it? That's simple mathematics. But it's also an equation, according to Ken, whose doctorate is in this area, that makes many people reluctant to give. The giving equation provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets uh, towards personal finance, the G or the giving economy and the me economy. Far from causing us to lose out, he suggests a giving has things to offer us that lead to a more abundant life. Now, and in uh, eternity. Love this particular book. This is The Giving Equation by Dr. Uh, Ken uh, Ken Long. And uh, if you'd like your own copy of this book, then we are giving this book away. Now, all you need to do is to text us uh, here on our studio text number. Our studio text number is 04888 Now, that number again is 04888 
80811 and all you need to do is to send us the code which is SA for South Australia uh, 44. No gap between any of those letters because uh, it goes straight to our robot. You won't be talking to a human person. Uh, you'll simply be uh, uh, communicating with our robot. Uh, if you've never had this experience before, it's really worth um, uh, picking up on this particular experience. Just code SA44 and just text that to 04888 80811 uh, and then uh, you'll hear back from our robot. He'll ask you for a little bit of information so that we can get this uh, book to you in the uh, fastest way possible. Uh, that number again 04888 80811 uh, and the code is SA44 and we had a big uptake on this yesterday. Uh, so many people are interested in this particular book. Uh, it's be a book that'd be worthy of being in uh, your library as well. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host live from Perth is uh, Pastor uh, Don Felberg, and it's wonderful to have uh, Don with us. Now Don recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District uh, Regional Leader. Uh, now this week we are looking at the theme money, wealth, and the church. Now we started this yesterday uh, when Pastor Joseph Matichich and Pastor Pastor Will Moala uh, looked at uh, the subject of uh, what did Christ say about money and wealth? And I know I really appreciated everything these guys had to say. I was uh, uh, yesterday uh, driving in my car to uh, another appointment and I had the very real privilege to uh, to sit and to, to listen to that program. Uh, and can I say, they these guys really made uh, this, uh, this subject come alive. And folks, if you missed it, why not pick it up on our Faith FM app? Now, you can download that from our app. Uh, our app store, any app store, uh, your favourite app store. Just look for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you add the Australia, and uh, uh, and you'll get uh, our uh, our link, and you can replay any or all of our uh, of our programs. Now today, um, we're going to be asking. Could ancient financial principles help us today? You know, uh, somewhere there's there's some mystery uh, in the ancient Israelite economy that so many haven't even picked up on today. And to help us out with that particular question, uh, we've got Pastor Don Felberg uh, with us. Now, Don, does the Old Testament Jewish nation have any principles that may help us with this particular discussion? Uh, Pastor Gary, I believe that it does. I believe there's some very interesting principles there that would have uh, that that uh, look after people that get into trouble, the poor, those that have unfortunate experiences, and that also um, prevent people from getting mega rich and taking over, as it were. And so I'd like to look at a few of those uh, uh, this afternoon, Pastor Gary. First of all, I would say that uh, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they came there to the promised land, the land was divided up between the various tribes. Mm. And, uh, for example, in the book of Joshua, chapters 13 through to 21, you have detailed description of which area was for each tribe and, and for the various families. But you know what happens over the years? 
some people um, uh, get in, uh, you know, un- unfortunate things happen to them and they lose the land, they get into debt or they, they have to borrow money, they, um, all sorts of things can happen. And so God set into place a very interesting plan that every 50 years, and that's what is referred to as the Jubilee, things would go back to normal again. And so in Leviticus chapter 25, we have some very interesting principles here, and I'll just share with you a few of these, and we'll see if we can pick up on some of these principles. Mm. Leviticus chapter 25 and verses 9 and 10, and I should add, Pastor Gary, that Israel was directly administered by God. He was the direct ruler like the king, and so he gave detailed laws for uh, how they were to operate in their day-to-day lives. That's important to realise, isn't it? Because Israel, ancient Israel, was actually a theocracy. It wasn't yes. originally designed. Of course, finally, the Israelites themselves did ask for a king, and King Saul being the first to come along, and then King David, and then King Solomon after him, and uh, then there was a division in the kingdom. Um, but I think the point that you make there, uh, prior to the, the the nation demanding a king, they were actually a theocracy. Yes, yes, that's right. And so God directly gave them their their rules for living, you could say. And, and in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, there's a lot of detailed um, instruction and commandments concerning various aspects of living. You know, mm-hmm. what happens if one of your animals comes and, uh, and, and kills somebody? How do you respond? You know, all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so some of the anyway, and, and some of these things really do help us today. Uh, and I'm really interested in this one that you've just started uh, to talk about about this fifth every fifty years. Can you open that out a bit more? Yes, yeah. Leviticus chapter twenty-five and verse nine says, "Then on the day of atonement in the fiftieth year, the day of atonement was one of their special days. Was really uh, and and so it said." On that day, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a a jubilee year for you when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. So, Pastor Gary, in the 50th year... If you'd lost your land for whatever reason, if you'd sold it or, or whatever, it was to return back to you. And so the the clock was to be reset, as it were, everybody to go back to their own land. Now, of course, that stopped uh, somebody or one tribe or one family in the tribe becoming a mega farmer where he bought out all of the different families and uh, owned the, the whole lot. It, it got things back to, to how it was in the beginning and would help there to be not rich, rich men or not poor, poor men. 
That's now, Don, I really like what you're actually saying here because to me this is a huge challenge to us today, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, we live in a society right now that is you get on one side we've got the mega rich and on the yeah. other side we've got those who are in abject poverty. And, you know, yeah. I mean, you sort of look at this and you simply say, hey, you know, what hope is there for these, you know, folk who are in abject poverty? Poverty, you know, I mean, can they ever get them just enough to be able to feed themselves? Uh, and then on the other hand, uh, you've got those who are mega rich, uh, who are able to fly around the world on a whim, uh, and yeah. money is of course of little consequence to them. And yet what we've got here is a system that's being put in place by God that's actually going to do away with that. Yes. Yes. Let me read you a few little details here that are very enlightening. In verse 14 it says, When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. Now that's a principle probably that's worth taking notice of today. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. So this fitted in with their jubilee system. The seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of Jubilee. The more years until the next Jubilee, the higher the price. The fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God, God says. And so... I think there's a, a wonderful principle here, Pastor Gary, and that is um, don't take advantage of your neighbour. Perhaps he's going through a rough time and has to sell up. Don't take advantage of him. Be fair in your dealings. Certainly a principle that's very relevant for our modern age, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and look, the thing that I particularly appreciate is the fact that God actually puts in place a system uh, to ensure that fairness continues within our society. You know, there's so much today I hear so much about the call for justice, and yet what God is doing in his economic principles is ensuring that there is justice. Yes, yes. And another one here in verse 25, he says, If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. Isn't that interesting? Uh. They're, they're families that are help each other when, when members of the family experience hardship. Rather than walking away from them, there the principle is to help them. This this is something, Don, that uh, to me I'm so conscious of that, you know, we're talking a society that God has designed where one helps another, where a community functions together rather than the individual functioning on its own. You know, uh, the thing, I don't know how you find it, but, uh, you know, I find that so much of my society is individualistically based. Um, you know, I'm here, isn't it, in Australia? That, that, that's the way it is. And, uh, and yet here we've got 
in the Old Testament economic principles, uh, you actually have uh, God saying, look, um, you're not to function as individuals, but rather you've got to function as families. Yes. Let, let me read you a little more that's interesting on this point, and this even gets more interesting. Verse 35 down to 37, it says, If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make a profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest on money you lend him or make a profit on food you sell him. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> look, 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 to me, this is, this is so um, against all the principles that we have currently got in place. You know, I mean, hey, yes, you can, you can lend, but you're not going to make any profit out of your lending, um, which means yeah. that other, you know, you're actually able to support your brother and your sister. You're not going to make it, make, uh, you're not going to become super wealthy. Um, yeah. neither is your brother going to go yeah. into abject poverty. Uh, you know, Don, yeah. I love what you're sharing. I think this is beautiful. What a God we serve that's prepared to say, I want you to care for your community and this is how I want you to do it. And, you know, we totally overlook, you know, so much of the Christian community totally overlooks everything that's written in the Old Testament. Yes, yes. What else do you have now, for us? Well, you know, every seventh year there was something special too. In Exodus chapter 23 and verses 10 and 11, God laid out, he said, Six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. So for six years they could sow and reap and store up. Verse 11, But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. In like manner you shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. And so... So there for six years, you work hard, you sow, you harvest, you store up, and then the seventh year is a rest year for the land and for you. Mm. And I think, Gary, Pastor Gary, what I get out of this, the principle of it is don't abuse our land resources and provide for the poor. And again, I think that's a very relevant principle for for today. I like the thing I like about that, Don, is that this concept of having a, if you like, a year off every seventh year, to me, uh, is uh, the blessing of an amazing God, uh, because yeah. he's he's saying that look, hey, I don't want work to become the number one thing in your life. What I'd like you to be able to do, he's saying here, is to be able to take every seventh year, take it off. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to bless you in the other six years. I'm going to let you, the land regenerate every seventh year. But during the seventh year, I want you to be able to do some of those things that you've really want. You know, you've wanted to do some yeah. travel. Uh, you've wanted yeah. to be able to do some education. Uh, you've wanted to be able to, uh, to fellowship together. I want you to have a year off. 
you know, yeah. this is the gap year concept, you know. Um, in other words, what's happening here is that money is not central to the economy. That's right. And that's right. And I think in the light of the fact that so many people are stressed, isn't this a very practical sort of a situation? Oh, look, without a doubt. Uh, to me, God is, uh, you know, I mean, so many times I hear, you know, oh, look, you know, uh, the uh, the God of the Old Testament is a mean, nasty person. So many times I actually hear people say, look, you know, the Old Testament's been done away with, you know, the laws are irrelevant to us. Goodness me, these are not just uh, relevant, they are highly relevant. You know, to me, they could transform yeah. our society if we were to bother to go and read and pick them up. You want me to read you another revolutionary thing regarding oh, this hit, hit, me, hit me with it. I'm, not, I, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> up my back at the present time, but yeah, go on. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 1, it says, At the end of every seventh year, you must cancel the debts of everyone who owes you money. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so uh, you know, again, God is very reasonable with people, and and to try to save people from getting into huge amounts of debt that they can never pay back, yeah. and uh, and so here it was to to again to stop the super rich getting richer and richer, and to stop the poorer from getting into a deeper hole. And, and when you think of that, I mean, that is the major issue that is facing our economies today because, you know, I think of, you know, young people particularly who have taken on huge mortgages that it's going to take yeah. a lifetime to actually pay back. And meanwhile, shareholders in banks become increasingly yeah. wealthy uh, from the That's profits it. of uh, uh, of those individuals. And I say, hey, look, you know, is that particularly fair? Now, you know, okay, we're in a society, we're in an economy that, you know, has, has accepted this. But, you know, to me, as I look at this, Don, I just simply say, hey, would it be worth us going to actually um, um, uh, to actually look at what the scriptures are saying? Yes, yes. And you know, as I've looked at this, Pastor Gary, the, the God has a great concern for the disadvantaged, for the poor, for the widow, for the fatherless. And uh, there's so much uh, in the economy of Israel that uh, is uh, concerning them. In chapter 15 here of Deuteronomy, verses 7 to 11, another very uh, interesting little passage says, But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for cancelling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Mm. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. I mean, there's accidents happen and things happen to people that are beyond their control. That is why God says, I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Very practical. 
instruction, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's down to earth. Look, Don, let's just have a little bit of a break there if we can. Uh, let's come to Malita Fong. Uh, really beautiful song here. I have a friend and a friend that cares deeply for every one of us. Fong and the song was uh, I Have a Friend. Uh, beautiful, a beautiful song. Now, um, our giveaway book, just once again. Now, look, this book is very popular today, uh, but we do have a couple more left from uh, today's uh, uh, number. And uh, this is uh, The Giving Equation by Dr. Ken Long. Uh, and uh, uh, it's subtitled Working Out Your Relationship with God and Money. 
Uh, look, if you would like your own copy of this book, it's a beautiful book. Uh, it's only a little, it's not a long book. It's easy to read. Uh, you can pick it up uh, from us uh, free of charge. Uh, all you need to do is to text us here at the studio. The, own, the number again is 04888. 80811 and all you need to do is to text us uh, our our code uh, today which is SA44 uh, no gap between the SA and the 44 otherwise our friend the robot he can't uh, can't read it uh, so it's SA44 just text that uh, to 04888 808 uh, 11 and uh, our robot we call him faithful and he will uh, he will uh, contact you and uh, ask for some details so that we can uh, get this to you in the fastest uh, possible way. Uh, I, I recommend uh, that particular book to you. Uh, now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is live from Perth in uh, in West Oz, uh, and that's Pastor Don Felberg. Uh, Don recently retired as the Aboriginal uh, Western District Regional Leader, and this week... We're looking at the theme money, wealth and the church. And uh, today we're simply asking, could ancient financial principles help the economy today? Uh, maybe we should recommend some of these uh, principles, Don, uh, to our politicians uh, just before the election does actually take uh, take place. What do you think? It might help, mightn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Don. Look, we do have about uh, about eight minutes uh, before we uh, we do need to to finish today. Uh, can you bring it all together for us? Well, I, I've I've got I've um, I've put together some principles for personal finance today. And number one, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And so when we're doing well, when we're prospering, we ought not to forget that it is God who is blessing us and helping us. It's very easy when we're doing so well to forget God and forget his (laughs) principles. And Christ, um, Christ and actually, Christ actually told some significant parables yesterday, and we looked at some of yes. these yesterday about um, that very issue. Yes, yes, and I, I think of the text that Jesus said, where in Luke twelve and verse fifteen, he said, "Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses." And uh, and in Proverbs 27, verse 24, it says, Riches are not forever. A person can have everything, but it can be gone tomorrow. You think natural disasters, you think all manner of things. And so life consists, as Jesus said, in more than what we possess. Mm. Um, another point I would make, Pastor Gary, is to remember your family and not to take advantage of them. This is uh, that, that's certainly a principle that we've brought out in our previous section. And another big principle that comes out right throughout the Bible uh, and underscored heavily in the Old Testament is the principle of remembering the poor and being considerate of the poor. And I've got a very interesting passage I'd like to share with you. Mm. Leviticus chapter 19 and verses 9 and 10. It says, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. You say, why? Why that? 
It says, it is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. You say, why? Leave them, it says, for the poor and the foreigners living among you. Isn't God dead? You know, just a very practical little instruction there to to provide for those that are in need. And, of course, we uh, some people might remember the story of Ruth, where Ruth went and, and gleaned in uh, Boaz's field, mm. and uh, she gathered these bits that the, uh, the reapers dropped and so on. You know, Don, so, Don, so many times, you know, I, I keep hearing this issue that, you know, the God of the Old Testament is such a horrible person. And yet here we find the God of the Old Testament is putting in place uh, a, a system that allows the poor to be cared for adequately. And this is without any government support because it became a community responsibility. Love what you're sharing. Yes. Another very, another very, uh, you know, you get excited when you read some of these things and how practical they are. You know, some people think the Bible's all about sin and righteousness and heaven and hell, but, you know, the Bible has so many practical down-to-earth counsels. Mm. In Leviticus chapter 19, verses 35 and 36, it says, Do not use dishonest standards when you measure length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. <laughs> Isn't that very good? Oh, incredible. It, 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 it's, uh, it's very uh, important instruction not to try... Um, there's one reference where it talks about don't have a don't uh, don't have a uh, a light what is it a heavy weight when you're selling and a light weight when you is it that the right way of saying it <laughs> you know yeah. don't don't uh, have it fair when you're buying and when you're selling don't have it better one way and and so that it favours you you know yeah. yeah yeah I was brought up on a on a raspberry farm in Tasmania and. We'd take our raspberries into the jam factory and and we'd take them in in kerosene tins and, um, you know, and they'd weigh them, you see, and pay you by the weight. Yeah. But you know what some crooks did? They would tip water, a, a bit of water in their tin so it would make it heavier. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. here God is talking about this, don't use dishonest standards, whether you're selling or whether you're buying. I can remember going to the sale and... Uh, buying sheets of uh, galvanized iron roofing material. You know, you had a stack of 20 sheets. Disappointing when you get home and one in the middle is all rusted out, you know. The top ones are are top quality. And so God is saying, be honest in the way you deal. Love it. We have about two minutes, Don. Oh, I've got a good text to finish on here. Um, and uh, this is regarding the Bible's work ethic. And if we going to, for our personal finances, we need to think about this. Proverbs 6, 6 to 11. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? 
When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. <laughs> this is and so. Th- this is so relevant to today, isn't it? You know, I mean, uh, because I mean, uh, to me, I've actually had people come and say to me, "Look, uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, Paul. One of the Paul's great uh, statements is, uh, you know, if a man uh, does mm. not work." Neither should he eat. And, you know, when I look at that, I sort of turn around and say, wow, what's actually going on here? And, uh, of course, the, uh, the reality was in the uh, New Testament days, just as in the old days, just as, you know, unfortunately there are some today who actually wanted to take advantage of the system. And, uh, uh, Paul, uh, is just simply, uh, being, uh, gracious in what he, what he's actually saying, because there is a certain nobility in being able to earn your income. And, uh, yeah. you know, I understand that sometimes there are people who, you know, because of sickness, because of, you know, disadvantage, um, they're yeah, unable well. to do that. And we fully yeah. understand that. And in that case, the scriptures are very clear. Uh, we are to support those, those individuals. But, uh, you know, um, the scriptures cover so many, uh, different, uh, situations. And, uh, yeah. uh, to me, they, they really speak loudly to to today um don just one last one last comment oh i was just going to say proverbs chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 says if you're slack well that leads to poverty if you're diligent that leads to coping well yeah and how true that is yeah yeah let's just pray together father in heaven we come to you because we want to say thank you uh for being a god who cares who's put who has put together a system within the scriptures that does away with ultimate poverty, that does away with the, uh, with the huge accumulation of goods, uh, with a system that actually provides justice for all. Lord, we want to say thank you for that. Lord, I just pray for anybody who is struggling right now in our system because, Lord, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, that you might uh, be with them, that you might give them peace, uh, that you might give them comfort at this time. Lord, that you might be the almighty provider. We just ask and we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be sharing with uh, Eric Hoare and we'll be looking at the uh, question, doesn't the Bible teach that God will prosper uh, believers? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't uh, be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.